Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. can hear me now. I can hear you. What's up, brother? Perfectly. Welcome back to Geekish Cast, everybody. Hey, Paul, thank you for coming on as my semi-regular co-host again. No problem. I think we may have lost both our guests tonight, though. We really? Were have, yeah, we were going to have Rico Anderson and Don Adams on, but Rico called earlier to bow out, and I haven't been able to get a hold of Don, so uh, it may just be me and you talking, which is okay as well. It is okay. You sound a little quiet today. Oh, you know what? Hold on here. How about now? Much better. Okay. It's uh, still getting used to new equipment. Yeah, Yeah, totally, totally. I get it. Yeah. So anyhow, welcome back to Geekish Cast, everybody. Um, We are still getting used to our new studio space and hosting space and doing live episodes and um, running into a few snafus here and there. But if you are listening tonight and would like to call in, the number is 713-955-0714. Paul, since uh, we are guestless, let's start with you. What have you been reading this week? Let's see. This week I'm uh, still reading Swamp Thing. I'm almost done with the new 52 run of Swamp Thing, which I've been loving. Let's see now. And I just got in the mail today volume two hardcover of Image Comics Lazarus, which is fantastic, and I highly recommend you pick it up. Really? Okay. Lazarus by Image Comics. Who who wrote that? Yes, uh, Greg Rucka. Greg Rucka okay. is the, the writer, and Michael Lark is the artist. Um, and I'm glad. I'm kind of glad I didn't read it until after this election cycle. Ooh. Because essentially, the premise of this book is kind of like in the future, and um, what ends up happening is the world gets split up and is run by 16 different families, which is like essentially 16 different corporations where billionaires and and corporations end up taking over, like kind of like a coup over governments of the world. And it's just really interesting with the climate of, with today's climate and like our new billionaire corporate, president that we're about to have it's kind and, of scary entire billionaire corporate cabinet yeah it, yeah you so i'm reading it i'm just like wow this is like a sci-fi book that it's really reminiscent of what's going on and, and it's been out for a while so i read the first hardcover and it's really good Okay, well, so Lazarus, I've been reading that, and Swamp Things, what I've been reading this week. I didn't get to read my books today, but um, yeah, I highly recommend Lazarus, dude, if you haven't picked it up. It's really good. Yeah, I have not. Um, again, I've been on a, a really small indie kick here lately. Indie and old new Teen Titans. Um, this week, though, I am actually prepping for inventory at work, so I haven't had as much leisure time as I would normally like to have to read comics and that sort of thing. Yeah, I've been uh, pretty hard-pressed myself with uh, being a a solo parent this last month that I've been trying to cram in. And I've still been reading, trying to finish up my uh, Lock and Key series, which has just been fantastic. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, you've been on that one for a little while now, huh? Yeah, it's pretty long. Yeah. I'm on the uh, third trade paperback right now because I bought the box set off Amazon. You know what I did get? I did pick up and finally get around to reading. Do you remember um, Big Bang Comics? They did a uh-huh. bunch of retro stuff starting in the 90s. I finally read their uh, Frank Miller homage that was based on their character, uh, The Night Watchman. And it's they do it as oh, really? black and white. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They do it as black and white, so it's a little bit Dark Knight Returns and a little bit Sin City. Well, I do both love both of those things. Yep, and they... They're not a ripoff. They're not. I mean, they're definitely. You can tell definitely somebody sat down and said, "Let's write a Frank Miller style book and illustrate it in this Frank Miller style, and we'll make it uh, similar too." But you could tell they still went and did their own thing as well. So it's really kind of novel, really kind of cool the way they did it. Huh. That's cool. Yeah, you're definitely going off the beaten path lately. Yes, yes, I am. It's you know what, Paul. It's access. It's this is the stuff that people like want people contact me and want me to check their stuff out. And I find all these little hidden gems, but again, it's a thing that, you know, I've got three dogs and a full-time job and this and another small business that I own. And, you know, it's just, I got to kind of pick and choose. Yeah, no, definitely. I hear you. There's so much out there. It's really, which is good because they don't have to, you don't have to like, fight for something good to read it's it's really just picking at the you know the best stuff there's yeah, so much out there available yes definitely well, so speaking of time yeah how how in the hell are both of us not watching rogue one tonight i know how i'm not i have a 14 hour work day tomorrow and mm-hmm. it is also the same day that my wife has planned our Christmas party. Oh. So okay. I, need, I need to be up at 5.30, and then I hope we can take enough edge off of the first inventory count that I can get home by 7 p.m. and still have a couple drinks, but still have to be up at 5 a.m. on Saturday to go and finish it. Gotcha. Yeah. So when so, are you? So when are you planning on watching it? I hope to see it Sunday. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. what I'm hoping to do, and I, I got to coordinate with you and Doug Sturk. I'm hoping we can record a 2016 movie wrap-up episode, me, you, and Doug Sturk, to kind of like talk about because this show started with uh, the Force Awakens, and it's yeah. ending its first year on. Um, this year and kind of what our feelings were about the movies of 2016 in general. Gotcha. Okay. I'm down. Unfortunately, I will not be able to watch Rogue One until December 24th. Ah, well, we'll have to see what we can do timing wise. Maybe we'll do some kind of actual New Year's Eve recording or or, yeah, New Year's Eve recording earlier in the day or something. But um, uh, we'll have to figure out. Because I got to watch it with my boys so I won't be back home until the 23rd so the next day me, Lucas, and Matthew we're going to watch it together oh okay yeah so I mean that's that's me especially me and the oldest that's our thing you know like the Marvel movies the Star Wars movies when they come out we watch them together well that's yeah and you're going to be able to do that for the next uh, four years yeah yeah, definitely. So I try to come home or get together with all of us, and, and we watch it. So uh, I, I'm, I've officially, I'm officially on a social media blackout as of about ten minutes ago. Ah. Uh, because I saw my, because I saw my first post. One of my friends went and saw it, and they started posting about it. I'm like, all right, it's official. I cannot be on Facebook or Twitter until December 24th. Couldn't they just couldn't wait to start ruining it? Could they? Yeah, they just start. I mean, I didn't get any spoilers, but they were posting about it. So I was like, "All right, now can't no social media for me for more than a week." Oh, uh, oh yeah. There's your. Uh, I see your Facebook post about it now. <laughs> yep. Can't do it. I will exactly. start punching people in the mouth. They spoil that movie for me. I, I am out until uh, Christmas Eve. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> 
Yep. So I think I, I had to have do some... that. No, I, I, I had to do it for uh, Force Awakens too. I didn't watch it opening night. I had to wait like five days so I could watch it with Lucas as well. Oh yeah. And I did so, the same I thing. I don't think I watched it opening night, but I know I saw it twice the weekend that it opened. Oh, I saw it first. I saw it three times that in the week. That first week. Yeah. You know it's weird though. Now that I have it on um, on Amazon Video on Demand, I haven't watched it. Yeah, yeah, I have not watched. Oh, it. Oh, I I watch. We watch it all the time. The five year old, yeah. we'll just we'll just throw it in. He loves it. So I've probably watched it like fifty times. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's my grandson doesn't listen, so I can tell you guys this. My four year old grandson is getting a totally custom made Spider Man outfit for Christmas. That's awesome. Yeah. You couldn't even do that when I was a kid, so I, I was just like, All right, I'm I'm buying one Christmas gift this year and here it is. Yeah, no, these little turds don't understand. Our costumes involved these plastic masks that I'm pretty sure I had scars on the inside of my eyes or my the bridge of my nose from the plastic cutting Shit, into my scraping face. your face. Yeah. And in <laughs> the spring. Thing. The string was stapled yeah. into it, and it would, it would tear loose as soon as you put it on, and you'd try to sta- yeah. staple and tape it back on, and it never worked. Yeah, bald spots on my temples from where the staples will rip out my hair. Yeah. And and it came with, like, a little plastic coverall that, like, had a picture of the of the character you were trying to dress as. Yeah. Yeah, they don't, they don't, they don't know the struggle. <laughs> no. They will never quite understand... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Costumes have come a long way. Yes. So I'm finally watching the uh, crossover event. Oh, what do you think of it so far? That would be the, the CWBC crossover. Yes, sir. I'm on the Arrow episode. Yeah, um, go ahead and hit fast forward a whole bunch on that one. Yeah, so far I'm I'm just... God, this show is so bad. Yeah. Well, that one kind of gets. Yeah, the Arrow episode gets the double whammy because it is the crossover episode. It is also the 100th episode of Arrow. Oh, that's why I don't know so what they, the hell's going on. Yeah, so they had to they had to try to double do it. Which here's the thing: so the Supergirl episode wasn't really part of the crossover, but yeah, it was just the start of it. Yeah, fortunately for them. I think uh, Supergirl's a little ray of sunshine, and I don't mind watching her, even though it took forever to get to the point I wanted to see. Yeah. The Flash episode was outstanding, as usual. Yeah. I mean, that's not unusual to say that about the Flash. Mm-hmm. The Arrow episode slows it down a bit, and then um, the uh, Legends of Tomorrow speeds it back up and carries it home quite nicely. Okay. So... Yeah, yeah, the Arrow the only one. Shows I'm watching, so I'd say. I was the Arrow one, unfortunately, trying to do both those things, they just slow the story back down quite a bit. Yeah, and I haven't been watching Arrow, so I'm, all the extra Arrow stuff, I'm, I'm like kind of confused on what the hell's going on. Yeah, he's got a whole team. Show. Yeah, he's got a whole team of people now, and. You know, there used to be a Batman villain named Prometheus, and he's now an Arrow villain, kind of like Rachel. Go- I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, I know. Prom- I mean, I'm all, I'm, I'm very aware of Prometheus, and yeah, um, and Arrow kills Prometheus, you know, in the comics. So, I mean, I'm I'm definitely aware of Prometheus. It's just you know they change him so much and. Yeah, um, yeah. well, you know what, this kind of actually brings me to the topic I wanted to cover tonight. Um, I mean, you're not a Star Trek fan, so the the thing I'm going to use to bring it up won't necessarily work, but, you know, I'm a big fan of the original Star Trek, and I like The Next mm-hmm. Generation, but I don't really care for Deep Space Nine, Voyager, or Enterprise. So the yeah. question is, am I still a Star Trek fan? Because I know people that would tell you I'm not. And I guess the same same kind of question could be asked of, you know, we say we like the, the DC 
television universe, but we only like two of the four shows. I don't. I think that's ridiculous. I mean, I'm sure there's people that would say that you're not a Star Trek fan if you didn't like the original Star Trek series, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I, just to to sit there and I, I hate the squabbling of you're not a real fan argument regardless, you know. If you like a, a certain aspect, you don't have to like all of it. I mean, I consider myself a huge Star Wars fan, but I don't like every single thing that had the word Star Wars plastered on the front of it. There's been so much of it. I, As far as Star Trek, I liked the original series because, you know, it was on, the reruns were on when I was a kid, and I like the new movies. Didn't really watch Next Gen or Deep Space Nine either. Does that mean I don't like Star Trek? Or I'm yeah, not a Star Trek fan? That would even be my question. I'd push it to one even further, like, Let's say you have a younger person who's never seen any of the original, but likes the new movies. Who is to say that you can't call that a Star Trek fan? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's 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 ridiculous. If you like the franchise, you don't have to like all of it. You can like the world that was created, and that should be enough. That should be sufficient. You don't like to have to like every product that they've put out. Yeah, it just it seems as fans we get up on our high horses really quick, you know. It's re- absolutely ridiculous. They're not a real fan. It's 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 you know calling people out for posers, you know, like you're just a poser, which I never thought in my life that we'd be, be calling each other out like as fake nerds. I know, yeah. that that just blows me away. Oh, you're a fake, you know, the fake geek girl. You're a fake nerd. Or you're, yeah. You know, guys, yeah. this is shit that we got beat up for. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. And now, you know, we seem to have, you know, the geeks have inherited the earth, and everyone's trying to be like us. It's like, we weren't trying to be cool. It was just yeah. something that we liked, you know. And, and now we're... You're, we're doing the same thing that jocks and the popular kids did to us growing up, and it's ridiculous. Yeah, it, it's just it, it is really strange to see this. Um, but yeah, it kind of like I, I remember I brought up in a Star Trek fan group. That's why I can't really belong to fan groups on Facebook at large because it seems like every time I open my mouth about something, man, somebody beats me up. And I just, I won't fight with people online. I just won't do it. And, um, you know, yeah. I'm just like, well, you haven't even watched, you know, five or three of the five TV series. What do you know about Star Trek? And there's that part of me that wants to be like, yeah, but, you know, in the 70s, I watched the original. And uh, (laughs) I don't even know if you were alive then. Yeah, exactly. It's just. There's no there's no need for that. It's just a giant pissing contest about who's a real fan, and it's just completely unnecessary. You should be allowed to like or dislike whatever you like, and if you consider yourself a fan, that's all that matters, you know. But these keyboard warriors just, you know, do their thing. It's real easy to judge people through letters over, you know, in the internet. Oh, I've noticed that. Yeah, when you're poking a poking a finger into an enter key and not poking a finger into somebody's chest, people get real lippy real quick. Yeah, we're real brave. Yeah, yeah. When you're when you're anonymous, you're you're uh, you're a pretty ba- brave dude there. Um. So, well, that kind of brings me to so stuff you, like you know. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to ask you what you thought about the the most recent news about the new Star Trek series. Um. About the uh, the actress and the casting news yeah. and all that. Yeah. Okay. But Sonequa Martin Green being the uh, lead. I am, I am pretty stoked. As I understand it, she her character will be like a lieutenant, not like the captain of the ship. Um, and they've cast oh two people to play Klingon. So 
I think we're going to get one big story of two ships playing cat and mouse, a Federation ship and a Klingon ship playing cat and mouse. That's my theory on it. Uh, Brian Fuller has basically taken a step back and kind of said that he's not involved or basically said he's not involved, which I took to be a bit disappointing. Um, But the fact that they have cast a, a black woman as a lead character, I can just say it's about time. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's outstanding for a show that's supposed to be as progressive as Star Trek. They sure have taken some very conservative viewpoints on a lot of things. You know, not having a well, I mean, still. I think Star Trek's always been so. You've had you know Kirk was the original, and then you had you know Picard. Yep. But then you've also had a female captain and an African American lead after that, right? Oh, yes, you did. You had uh, Cisco was uh, the commander first and then captain on Deep Space Nine. And yep. Jane Way was captain on Voyager. Um, so I know, feel like if, it's not like a big stretch of what they've done before. Well, I believe the captain on the ship is going to be played by an Asian actress. I should probably go look all this stuff up if I'm going to run my mouth off about it. Um, but they've never had the central character on a show, because remember uh, Deep Space Nine, uh, Voyager, and um, Next Generation were all ensemble cast. I think this one's going to go back to a more like there will be a central character with supporting characters around her. Okay. At least that's what I've taken it to mean when they've said that she will be the primary character on the show. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a leap for Star Trek. They've always, their casts have always been extremely diverse. Oh yeah. Well, you even go back to 50 years ago, the original Star Trek was the most diverse show on TV. I mean, by the second season, they even had a Russian on there. Yeah. And they Uh, don't make a big fuss about it, which is the way it should be. Wow. Star Trek is probably a little more racist than you remember. (laughs) (laughs) Well, back then, but I'm yeah. sorry. As far as the, I mean, there's the stereotypes within those ca- those castings, but you know, I like it when it's it seems like it's natural, and they're not like pointing out the fact that you know when you watch a movie and there's like a female lead and she's in a position of power, and then in the film or television show, it's brought up that she's a female in the position right. of power. Like, don't bring it up. Just let it be. Let it be a natural thing. Like once you once you point a finger at it in the in the series itself, that's when it kind of bugs me. I'm like, why did you have to say? Why did you have to have that one jerk male who's like, I'm not going to listen to you. You're a woman. You know, like that, it's not necessary. Just let her or you know whoever whatever you're trying to do, let it just be a natural thing. We as the audience can can see that we don't you don't need to point it out in the film or television series yeah unless it actually drives the plot somehow unless it does but just you know i'm saying like cool we have an african-american female lead great it never needs to be pointed out in the series no one should make a comment about it um there's actually a little bit there's a little bit more info I hope all of this has been vetted and I'm not reading a bunch of BS. Um, Wikipedia actually has names assigned to some of the actors and their roles on the show. So, uh, so uh, Seneca Martin-Green, her character is named Rensford. Yeah. She will be the lieutenant commander of the USS Discovery, and she will be referred to as number one, which is interesting because Chris Pike's first officer was only called number one originally. Okay. Um, Doug Jones as Saru a, will be a science officer. So I'm assuming that means Doug will be a uh, Vulcan. And you know what else this means? Doug Jones is never coming on our show. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> well, he, prom- he promised to back in July, and I've had some hit and miss conversations with him since then about coming on. Uh, now he's cast full-time in Star Trek, so I, I doubt it very much. He'll probably be busy. Yeah, he'll probably be quite busy. Um, Anthony Rapp as Stamets, a science officer specializing in astro 
mycology space fungi. Oh, that sounds interesting. Mm. Yeah. Uh, okay, recurring characters. Michelle Yeoh uh, from you know Hong Kong movies. Uh, mm-hmm. As the captain of the USS Shinzao. Uh, so that doesn't really tell me much. An actor no. named Shaz- Shazad Latif as Cole, commanding officer of Klingons and protege of Tukovma. Chris Obi as Tukovma, a Klingon leader who's looking to unite the Klingon houses. And Mary, Sh- I'm going to mess up this lady's name, so let's hope it's not too bad. Mary Shifo, or Shifo as Lorel Bennett, mm-hmm. commander of the Klingon ship. So we will have recurring Klingon characters. That's awesome. I'm yeah. a fan. This is kind of cool. Well, I, I, I'm excited to see it. I know a lot of people are worried because they pushed back the, the start date four or five months. And Brian Fuller, um, you know, he was originally on as a showrunner. But apparently he has either completely stepped away or mostly stepped away, so that could be a that could be a bummer. But I'm still yeah. I mean, you never know until you see it. So yeah. Another thing I'm gonna well, one thing I want to bring up is a lot of people were complaining about having to get CBS all access to get this show. It's five bucks a month, guys. Uh, It has like a lot of old great shows on it, and literally. It has every Star Trek series on it available. And you can bet pretty soon if this works out, CBS is going to pull Star Trek from other streaming outlets. Oh, yeah. So if you just have regular, you know, direct TV or I mean, the other type of cable network, you won't be able to watch it? Exactly. It's only going to be – well, the pilot episode, I believe they're airing on regular network television, but the regular show itself is only going to be on their streaming service. Huh, that's kind of weird. Yeah, um, they have a bunch of arguments for and against. And I've read both, and you know, I just I really think this is the direction that things are going. You're going to have content owners are going to be content providers as well. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm gonna figure because I was I was looking forward to watching it, so I don't know what I'm gonna. It's five bucks a month. There's other stuff. I'll probably still check it out. Yeah. But. Well, I, I've got okay. it because that's how the, the – I'm a cord cutter. We've talked about this before. I'm a cord cutter. Mm-hmm. I've got CBS All Access, Hulu, Netflix, Amazon. There's a handful of, of free kind of questionable apps I have through the computer as well. Um, not necessarily to seal content, but to like – watch local news or try to watch local news. One of the things I like, though, is that CBS All Access, you can watch your local news. You can watch your local CBS affiliate through it. Okay. It's live. It's on air. It's, I mean, so, you know, five bucks a month, you get their back catalog. You're getting a handful of new programs that they're creating, like Star Trek, and you also get CBS. So, like when we watched uh, the election night, that's how we watched it was on CBS All Access. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've done. I'm the same thing. I got you know Amazon, Hulu, Netflix, and then I. But I got Sling TV so I could watch Walking Dead and Comic Book Man, and then some of the other. And my wife likes to watch like HDTV. I say my yeah. wife, but I also like DVD. <laughs> so, yeah, but cable, cable. I don't know how they survive, to be honest, anymore. Well, I guess DirecTV has a thing coming up here pretty soon, where for I, I don't know the dollar amount, X number of dollars, you will be able to stream DirecTV's package as well. Okay. So, you know, this is, I mean, this is just the way things are going to go. We're definitely going to see a change. This is going to be as revolutionary as cable was. You know, people leaving cable and Mm -hmm. going to digital platforms and a lot of people, not so much here in Modesto, but like if you're close to Sacramento or the Bay Area, having an antenna, you know, if you're within 30 miles of the transmitter, a $20 antenna will pick up like 40 stations. Yeah. Yeah. 
if you're outside Dallas or Houston or a major media market, you buy one antenna once and maybe a TiVo or a just you know run your computer you know run your antenna through your computer on its way to the television. You can set up a recording service. Gotcha. Yeah, and it's just you know, just the way we get just give me a new way to do things. Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, I kind of I kind of got some news. I am shopping for a writer to turn a comic book idea into a full script. Okay. Yeah, so, so yeah, I, I just saw one of your episodes. I haven't listened to it yet, but um, it was talking about finding an artist. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was Find- just, it was just just the one I put up uh, Tuesday. And yeah. I had Josh Josh Henneman from uh, Bigfoot, Sword of the Earth Man, and Andrea Molinari. Yeah, and Andrea Molinari from The Shepherd, who were both writers, uh-huh. who had yep. had an idea. Um, uh, Josh went and took classes on how to write comic books or how to write for comic books, and then so they both ended up, you know, with this idea and a full script, and then going, okay, so what do we do now? So I had them kind of both take me through their stories, which are similar in a lot of respects, um, but also went their own paths and kind of walk me through, okay, so you got a script, where'd you go? You know, how much, you know, how much did you cost? Or say somebody's got this idea and doesn't have the money, what should they do? So we kind of did a nice, it was a, it was a 30,000 foot view, but it gave a nice primer in, going from concept to a finished comic book. That's awesome. I mean, that's, I mean, cause we've all thought about it. Every person that's ever cracked open the pages of a comic book and really gotten into it has always wondered like, how could I do something like this? Oh yeah. You know? So it's good to get the information, especially now just about anybody can do it. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people are lacking in one of the, the two essential elements that it takes to make comic book, either writing or, or the, the drawing aspect. Oh. Hey, Paul, we got, a caller, we got a caller coming in. I'm going to pick it up real quick, okay? Okay. Let's give him a second. Hello. Baba Booey. Oh, boy, that must be Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times, good times. All right, so go ahead. Go ahead. You were, oh. We got hung up on. We got Baba Booed and hung up on. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So usually you're you're searching for that one, you know, that the one thing that you can't do. What well, most of the time it's the writers looking for an artist. So mm-hmm. it's interesting that you're looking for a writer if there's something that someone can do. Well, so here's here's kind of where I come from it as I can I can put together my idea. I've got the story beats laid out. I've got two pages where I've got the here's here's kind of the structure. Here's little details I want in the dialogue, starting uh-huh. middle end. Here's where I want it to go. But I'm not you know I'm not a writer, and if I wait for me to sit down and write it, it's never going to happen. But if I can get somebody to write a a first draft. Yeah. Then I I can you know you know pay them for their work, give them their credit, and then I can take it from there and and finish the story exactly how I want it. Don't you know a writer? <laughs> I know a few writers. Yes. Um, and and one, one specifically is, that lives in your same house. <laughs> yes, uh, that would be my wife Jules, who has just published <laughs> the book Real Bagels Are Boiled, which you can find out more about it at realbagelsareboiled dot com. Yeah. If you've ever wondered how bagels are made, that book right there will tell you. It's available on Amazon. And they are delicious. They are delicious, and they are available. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are available in print and in, uh, in a Kindle format. Have you talked to her about it? Is she just not. She just doesn't want to help you, or what? You know what it is. We have very, very different uh, tastes in stories. You know. Yeah. Like, you know, I may have her help me write articles for the website, um, but writing a horror comic, no, she's you know she's just not interested in doing it. 
Fair enough. Yeah, you know, and and what I've got in mind is a kind of old school, early '80s style black and white horror comic. Nice. Yeah, with a twist. With a twist. With a twist. It's very important. I always thought so. Can't just do the same story all over again. Yeah, so what's the plan to seek out a writer? Well, so here's here's what I have discovered. Um, uh, Andrea Molinari, who wrote The Shepherd, uh, he and his son wrote The Shepherd comic. Andrea now knows everybody in comics or in indie comics. Like, literally, like, you go, hey, how about, like, I hit him up one day. I was like, hey, I saw that the guys that, you know, I saw that the TV show Hollison has a comic book spinoff. Do you know who these guys are like? Oh yeah, yeah. Here, here's the writer's phone number. Oh okay. Hey Andrea, um, I've got this idea, and I sent it to him. I sent him my little two-page outline. I said, I yeah. think I need to hire a writer. Well, first, you know who I who I approached first was Corbin. Um, oh, Corbin Salakin, the uh, creator, the writer and director yeah. of. Uh, yeah, I approached him Corner first. Yeah. Well, he's not on Corner Gas, but Fred from Corner Gas was in his movie. On Patterson's oh, okay, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the uh, yeah, Patrick Luger. Remember? Yeah. Right? So I, I approach. Yeah, Patterson's wager. And so I approach okay. Corbin, and Corbin's like, "Okay, he's like, you know, I'm writing a movie. He's, I'm writing a novel. <laughs> you know, basically, you know, it's like I uh, kind of got my hands full. So okay, so then I talked to somebody else. I don't remember who it was. And then. I was like, you know what? And I told I told Jules, I was like, you know what? I, I may just ask one more person, and then I'm gonna just shit can it after that. If I, you know, if nobody bites, then fine. So I wrote Andre uh, an email. I just said, hey, I'm thinking I might need to hire a writer. Here's this two page outline. I don't know if you know anybody. Um, and a couple of days went by, and he wrote me back, and he's like, he goes, um, he goes, I would kind of be interested, but I don't really do horror. Or, you know, not this kind of horror. He goes, um, yeah. it's, it's got a cool concept. I would like to see somebody at least take a swing at it. So here is, of course, I don't have the guy's name right in front of me. It's, oh, it's going to pop. I'm going to go look it up. He sent me a, um, a guy's phone number and email address, and he and I have been talking the last couple of days trying to figure out when we could meet up find the email right now and I probably shouldn't say too much until after I've talked to him about it but um so yeah right now I've got yeah. one writer who's interested in doing it he's seen the outline um so my idea is you know we get a script done and then figure out you know if, if I'm buying his work or if I'm paying part of it and he's going to come on for part credit I don't know how we'll work that out um but mm-hmm. either way I'm I, you know I'm cool with just paying him for work either way um, and then I'll take it to probably, and I need to talk to these guys right here in Sacramento. There's a company called Scattered Comics that will, mm-hmm. they will actually put together a full art team for you. And that's where Andre got, yeah, that's where Andre got the shepherd done. Um, actually next week I'm going to be running an interview with, uh, Melissa McCommons, who's an artist out of uh, the Bay area here. And she's done some work with Scattered as well. So I'll be, uh, you know, we'll see. So my goal, I have two two entertainment goals for 2017. Now I want a voiceover credit in something. And I want to have at least hey, cracked and started getting a comic book done. There you go. Yep. Some good goals. I think so. That and keep my regular job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that goes without saying, right? Yeah, yeah. Stay employed, right? No, that's good. That's like what you say, you know, like um, just finish something. It doesn't have to be perfect, right? Yeah, that's when it. You're chasing perfection, you'll never get it done. Just just finish something. Yeah, get it done and, and you know, move on. And it's interesting because it's, it's usually fairly easy to find an artist that will be willing to do something. But uh, the writer thing is... Um, I wonder if there are some uh, companies or sites or something that will take your plot or your storyline and write the dialogue for a comic. Yeah, that's what we're gonna. That's what we're gonna find out here. Well, and there's other things too that that maybe I don't understand about pacing 
in creating tension, raising tension, and then relieving tension, especially in a horror story, you know. And uh, yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of people I'm, do different. Just the uh, the amount of panels per page, you know. Are you going to do a basic nine panel setup, or you know? Yeah, it's a lot too that us just you know common folk that just read it don't take into consideration. Yep, exactly. So that's kind of kind of where I'm at. I'm going to start socking money aside so, you know, I can hire a writer and artist and, you know, things like that. Um, this idea originally came to me as a movie. And uh, because of part of it, part of the story that I don't want to reveal, I realize it might work better as a, um, as a comic book. I realize that it probably would work better as a comic book. Yeah, and then just making a movie, I mean, that's just like a whole other level of... Exactly. That's so that's the thing. Much, like moving pieces, yeah. Yeah. If somebody were to see this and like the idea, then they can license the movie rights. Well, that's awesome, man. I mean, I hope it I hope it works out, and I'd be interested. I can't wait to uh, see a finished product one day. Yeah. I wonder if I should, you know what, I was going to say, I'll send you the outline, but maybe I'll wait until we have a, a script or something that's a little more flushed out. Yeah. But um, I think I think the idea is, is kind of cool when it's, if it's played out properly. And that's cool that you're doing a horror comic. I've been reading a lot of horror comics lately, which is very strange. I never would have considered myself like a horror comic fan, but recently, you know, with, you know, I've read Lock and Key, I've been reading Lock and Key, and then, which I consider a horror, and uh, even the new 52 Swamp thing, the first, you know, arc, like the first half of it by uh, Scott Snyder, I would consider more of a horror comic, and then Char- Charles Soule picks up halfway through, and it's more of like a I would feel like it's almost got more of a fantasy feel to it than the first mm-hmm. half. The first half is definitely I would consider a horror comic. Before that, I read Nailbiter, which is definitely a horror. It's about serial killers. Yep. And you know, and yeah, it's, I've been been reading kind of quite a few horror books, and I've been been digging them. And, and Outcast by you know Robert Kirkman from Image has been really good, and that's definitely a horror comic. So I think horror comics can definitely they they work. You know that that's a genre that really works in a comic book form, and they can be creepy and they can scare the crap out of you. You know some people think that's that you can't, but I've read some that I'm like, man, this is some creepy stuff. It doesn't oh, have yeah. to be on a screen. Yeah, well, you know, if the artwork is there and the storytelling's there, I mean, what's well, you know, you could say that you know, scary TV shows don't work, but people are proving that wrong. You know, I mean, oh, uh, yeah, American absolutely. Horror Story. Yeah, American Horror Story, Penny Dreadful, and, you know, mm-hmm. even Outcast series is with, are, those are good shows. Yeah. So there's definitely things to be said for that. All right, Paul, we are down to the last minute. So um, everything goes on winter break right now. Anything you're going to be watching or uh, doing to bide the time until uh, good television comes back in the uh, late winter, early fall, or early spring? Well, I will probably be taking the break to catch up on comics because there is way too many books out there <laughs> and not enough time in the day. So I'll be doing a majority of reading, most likely, on this right break. On. Okay, well, we're going to have to say goodbye so uh, everybody can catch us at geekishcast.com, and we do a live episode every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Pacific time. Paul, thank you very much for coming on. No problem, man. Always like talking to you. Yep, and I'm going to have Reign of Zayas play us out. All right, and we are clear. Go.
Yeah, um, it's it. My story. Well, you know what? I'll, I'm going to email you a story a little bit later. It's just to kind of get your impression of it. It's real, okay. real rough, but you know that way you can at least check it out. Oh, I'm down, dude. Yeah, I've got a ton of stories in my head too. I just, it's just one of those well, things where just getting time to. Well, and coming just, up with original stories is tough nowadays. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's why I came up, you know, that's why I just hit the idea. It's like, well, fuck it. What if I hire a writer and then an art team and just do it? You know, I'll do everything I can. And then what I can do, I'm just going to fill in with people who can. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Have you even, uh, have you even tried to write it yourself? Yes, I have. That's where the that's where the outline came from. But even trying like a write a script for like, you know, a twenty two page book. I have in the past, but not for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely tough. I mean, it's not like writing prose where you, you know you're writing a typical like a story. You know, just break doing the breakdown, the panel breakdowns depends on how. Every writer is different. There's some writers that they will write exactly what they want in every single panel, and some are just, here's the dialogue, this is basically the reference of what I kind of want to see on the page, and they let the artist do a lot of the interpretation. So I guess it just depends, you know? Yeah, that's kind of my idea. So, you know, I'll get a script, and then, well, you know, I'm kind of going to baby step through it, but that's kind of the the whole process I'm going to try to work through over the next year and just kind of see what happens. You know, That's awesome, it. man. I hope you, hope you pull it off. Yeah. Well, it's kind of my, that's kind of my plan. It's just that, you know, we're going to do this and then I don't know if how this is going on, but me and Chris from uh, return to camp blood, we're going to work on a podcasting book, but he's had a lot of personal stuff going on and I haven't really talked to him lately. Oh, but, okay. um, yeah, so we, I don't know. We got there's a lot of projects coming up, and you know, if I can nail down a system where I'm like, hey, here's a here's a group of writers I work with and a group of artists I work with, then you never know what you might have. Yeah, no doubt. That's cool, dude. Yeah. Do something like that. It's been so damn busy. Oh, yeah, I understand that completely. Um, you know, one of the things that, you know, there's this kid, uh, Valente Ochoa, I met at ModestoCon, and he publishes his own book. He does it all print-on-demand, so he does a 30-page book, and it's like 8 bucks, but it's full color. And, you know, here's uh-huh. the thing, dude, he, he puts out books regularly. Um, yeah, they're a little really? expensive because of his printing method, but he, he does it, you know, and I respect the shit out of that. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely doable. It's not like back in the day where it was significantly harder to do it, you know? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, just running, you know, a, a 10,000 print run was going to run you eighteen, you know, eight, seven, eight thousand bucks, and, you know, and you weren't sitting on that kind of money, and that was in the 90s, and so seven or eight thousand bucks was a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people just do web comics, you know, and that's. I'm imagine that's significantly cheaper. Oh, I would I would imagine. You get a free WordPress page and post it that way. Yeah. yeah it's about the way to go. Yeah, seventeen, eighteen years ago, I thought that was the direction things were gonna go, is that you would do a, a web comic and then release a giant bound phone book edition every quarter at the end of the year. That's where I thought the market was headed, you know. Yeah, you know what? I thought I thought so too, but people are being very resistant to that. They like yep. holding that in their hands, that those books in their hands. Yep. And you know what? Now, right now, people are buying the most that they have in twenty years. So I am not going to stop them. <clears throat> oh yeah, no, no doubt. And I'm the same way. Like I read a lot of digital, but there's nothing beats having that book. You know, something you can put on your shelf or whatever. You know. Exactly. All right. Well, so I discovered last time when me, you, and Corbin did this that um, 
this thing still keeps recording once we get done. So <laughs> I think I'm really yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm that's go. funny. All right, man. Oh, I want to get around a bit. Hey, are you going to be up here pretty soon? Yeah, I'll be. Uh, we're me and the boy are flying out Friday, next Friday. Okay, next Friday. Okay, cool. I'm off Friday yep. and Monday. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely hit you up probably Monday then because I'll, I'll I'll be getting late a little bit later. Oh, I'm yeah, no, Friday. I'm sure. Um, I'm also working for, on. Go ahead. So I'll be there for ten days. So I'll be coming back on the on June second. I mean, January oh, 2nd. yeah. Okay, no problem. We'll definitely so have be there for 10 out. days. Yeah. yeah. So. Right on. Um, I was going to say, I'm working on, well, I've contacted people working with him on other stuff, but I'm working on James Marsters right now. Okay. So that, that might be a good one. If the Modesto thing doesn't work through or whatever, yeah, I, but I sent them an email with, my interview with Fred Awanek and a link to my interview with uh, Tom Allison from Killjoys and my interview with mm-hmm. um, Sam Huntington. Just to be like, guys, I've, I've interviewed like legit real actors. You know, I'm not just like, a, yeah. a pretend to, you know, I, I don't yeah. just pretend to have a podcast. I mean, I've got some name guests. So <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Even though the switch into this new host, man has killed my numbers. But oh really? I'll on, yeah, I'll work on that later though. Because it's not on iTunes or whatever. Well, it's still there, it's but still I don't know, man. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's still on iTunes. Yeah, I don't know if a lot of people were finding me on SoundCloud or what the deal was, but you know, I guess I'll figure it out as we go. Yeah, that's weird. Yep. Hopefully right on, Paul. Well. Yeah, um, so no show next Thursday, or what do you think? No, I'll be around. Okay, cool. Well, then I will talk to you in a week. I'm going to try to get Rico Anderson back for next week. He's been in a couple things with Doug Jones, so we might talk Star Trek again. Sweet. All right, dude. Well, thank you very much. I'll talk to you soon, man. No problem, man. Take care of you. All right, bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.